You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews at jamecouch.com, and doing something a little different today because I don't really have the time, unfortunately, to do a full Fan Friday with y'all because I'm about to be exiled to the islands off the Nova Scotia coast in a few hours. And I get to drive myself to have the privilege. So, you know, Um, no, seriously, it's my partner's hometown and... Um, you know, it's a, it's a yearly excursion. So in, in that vein, we are going to leave you with a, another installment of our ongoing efforts to make up interview week from May. And to do so, I have a familiar voice to longtime fans of Locked On Blue Jays. This person was a frequent guest early on, mostly to antagonize me, but... You know, I'm chill now, so they can't possibly be able to do it as effectively as they did in the past. So we have brought him back. He's going to be here. He's told me he's going to try and be positive, which good luck with that. Can the Blue Jays this week, but he is going to try his best. So uh, he is a fellow Jays from the couch writer. And he has a nickname that is far better than mine. He is downtown Stephen Brown. Stephen, welcome back. It's been a while. How you doing? It has been a while. I'm doing great, AJ. It's just, it's great to be back in this positive Blue Jays environment <laughs> where we can just talk about the good things that are going on with the team instead of all the other stuff. You know, because if there's a dark cloud in one place, there's bound to be some sunshine somewhere else. It's just a matter of, of fun. And hopefully, a little bad today, but obviously, ignorant or ignoring the stuff that, that, that the team has done to really make people upset. See, see, the internet connection could not handle your positivity, and it started spasming while you were talking. <laughs> so <laughs> we will see how successful this whole new positive outlook you are bringing to the Blue Jays is. I, for one, am skeptical. Although I will say, and, and maybe we'll start with this because it's a little fresher, um, the Blue Jays' play of late has been positive. They have their first four-game winning streak since April, tying a season high. Granted, it's coming against a couple of glorified AAA teams, but take wins where you can get them, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's not against the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Tampa Bay Rays, but, I mean, we'll definitely take um, take, take, take some wins and beat up on Kansas City and Baltimore any day of the week. But you mentioned that they're on a four-game winning streak. The The first time that they're doing that this season, matching it uh, from one earlier this year. But 
the teams play on the field, they've been playing well past this four-game win streak. Since June 15th is the number that is the is the date that I've sided on, and here's some of that little bit of positivity. There's been a couple of people talking about how many home runs the Blue Jays have hit in that time frame. Well, I want to talk to you guys about the amount of runs that they've scored over that time frame. June 15th, it's not a huge sample size or anything like that, about a month and a half. But since then, they are fourth in the league in runs scored, trailing only the Red Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers with 231 runs scored. So, I mean, their pitching is obviously not up to speed, but the bats are, and the bats... They've been really carrying the team as of late. Well, that's just it, right? Like, all all the elite talent that was promised to Blue Jays fans, it, it's starting to come up, but it is all on the offensive side with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. starting to hit, like, the top prospect in baseball, with Kevin Biggio being able to consistently get on base, with Bo Bichette lighting the world on fire. He has yet to go hitless in a major league game. Granted, it's only four games, but still, three extra base hits in in that span shows that he's got, he's big league ready. He told us himself, he's finally proving it. So I I guess it makes sense that with with the top prospects now in the lineup for the Blue Jays, there would be a correlating increase in offense, especially with the likes of Alan Hansen and Socrates Brito banished to the land of wind and ghosts, a.k.a. <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Which I love you, Buffalo, but come on. I don't. If anyone from Buffalo is listening, <laughs> I do not like you. The entire Buffalo uh, area. <laughs> there goes that positivity out the window. No, but you're you're definitely right to talk about the top prospects on this team performing. And that's something that a lot of fans can take solace in on the field. Because off the field, the team has been uh, very questionable. They've been very problematic. But I don't. we don't want to talk about questionable that. Questionable, putting way too positive a spin on it. <laughs> but it hasn't just been those top prospects, right? It's been guys like... Teoscar Hernandez. It's been guys like Brandon Drury, even. You know, it's been guys that that didn't have that great of an outlook or that great of an of a chance coming into this season, but they've really, really proven themselves in the last month and a half or so. Teoscar Hernandez, since being recalled on June fifth, is batting two forty five with a 315 on base percentage and a 544 slugging percentage in 162 plate appearances. I mean, if that, that's something that we can get from him on a regular basis, I'm all aboard putting him in the starting lineup every single day. Whether that's in the outfield or not is another question, but I really, really like that bat if that's something that he can continue on a long-term basis. And we've seen guys, even like Danny Jansen, maybe he's kind of stepped out of that top prospect light, but he's right there with those guys as well. And in his last 100 plate appearances, he's batting 290 with a 340 on base percentage and a 591 slugging percentage. So, I mean, it's not just guys like Bo Bichette or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. or Kevin Biggio. 
it's everybody on the team that's hitting well. Yeah, and it, it does continue a trend. The Blue Jays have had um, nine different batters already crack 10 home runs with them this season. Um, one of them being Eric Sogard, who was traded, another being Rowdy Telez, who was in that land of wind and ghosts. But then you have Jansen at nine, Cavins at eight, Billy's at eight. There's there's no reason Bo Bichette can't hit 10 in the final two months the way he's been hit. It It's... It's a nice reminder, I guess, of those of those things that made the Blue Jays successful in the past, which is just knocking the ever-loving crap out of the ball. And you, that that is going to be the thing, though, coming up in the future is having the arms to kind of back it up, right? And I, I think that's where a lot of fans were worried, given that trade deadline. You send Marcus Stroman packing... You send Aaron Sanchez packing, and what do you really have in that rotation? I mean, um, Keegan Matheson had a tweet after it that the leader of the Blue Jays staff in wins after that was Sam Gaviglio with four. Sam Gaviglio should not be leading a team in anything. So I I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for Blue Jays fans. I mean, they know they have the offense, but they need this pitching staff to start maturing in a hurry if they want to be on track to competitive in the next couple years. Right. And that's one thing that was really concerning to a lot of people. There was a lot of people shouting and trying to hold on to 2015 and 2016 with Marcus Froman and Aaron Sanchez. And I understand why the management group might want to move on from them. You know, that's, it's a different time. It's a different era, you know, whatever. But I mentioned June 15th, and I'll go back to that with the pitching. Since June 15th, the Blue Jays may be fourth in the league in runs scored, but they're 18th in the league in terms of earned run average. And, I mean, that's a little bit better than I would have thought where they would be. But we're going to see next year, that's going to be another year of development for all of their young positional players. And one has to wonder if they could maybe not continue the dominance that we've seen from them offensively over the last month and a half, but if they can sort of replicate somewhere close to it for the rest of the season, if they can finish top 10 and run scored in the second half of this season, then maybe next year's team isn't as bleak. Right? Maybe they are a lot closer than what a lot of people have been giving them credit for. And we're going to see a need for that pitching as early as next season. Hmm. That could be interesting. Um, I, I get into the, the kind of long-term plans that we see the Blue Jays having. Um, but we can do so right after this message from our sponsors. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back on Locked On Jays. Stephen Brown of jaysfromthecouch.com on with me to just, you know, shoot the breeze in general and, and try and bring some positive vibes to to the Blue Jays discussion. And because we have had an antagonistic relationship in the past, I'm not going to make it easy on him because now we're going to talk about the office. Um, 
Stephen, a lot, like we said before, a lot of a lot of fans and a lot of media personalities were absolutely perplexed by the moves that the Blue Jays made. It seemed to be uh, incredibly impatient from this front office. Like they had to move Stroman at this deadline. They had to get rid of Aaron Sanchez at this deadline. And and the pieces brought back were admittedly underwhelming. By the way, shout out to all y'all who are giving that Derek Fisher tweet some love. I'm really proud of that one. Um, but Stephen, I, I wanted to ask you, what what do you see the plan as for this Blue Jays move forward? 42 years of control, right? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh mean, God. I, I mean, how long was it really going to be before we got to that? Uh, I... Like, 40, 42 years of control is great. It's not great when you're controlling Socrates Brito for that long. Uh, right, and there's 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 one thing that another Jays from the Couch writer said a couple of days ago, and I cannot pronounce his last name for the life of it, me. So Is it Jeff Quattrosiuki? Yeah, it is Jeff. Jeff's a wonderful <laughs> human being. And he suggested on Twitter that a lot of people should try to look beyond the surface of the moves that the front office is making and try to find things to be positive about. Because even though there are bad things about the moves that they've made, there are questionable things about the moves that they've made, there are good things. And if we try to see their perspective then maybe we'll be a little bit less upset about things. And I said to him, Jeff, that's a very balanced take, and you are a lot wiser than I, and that is not as fun as freaking out and <laughs> screaming and stuff like that. I know, But you know right? what? You're right. You're right. And the one thing that you mentioned, Derek Fisher, I saw your tweet yesterday. It made me laugh. So thank you for that, AJ. You're welcome. But... What's what's the conversation around Derek Fisher right now? Because like you said before we got the show started, this guy, he's got two strikes on him the second that he started his Blue Jays career. Yeah. And that again, that's natural given how he was acquired and the cost to acquire him. Some um, One of the most popular Blue Jays on the team and then one of their most popular prospects. Um, and... It, it didn't strike strike me as a smart move. Again, considering he probably could have had Derek Fisher two years earlier when they went and acquired Teoscar Hernandez instead in that Francisco Liriano deal. Teoscar was one slot below Fisher on the Houston prospect list. So it me as a mismanagement of assets from this Blue Jays team. But, you know, at, at the same time, you you just wonder what the plan is. Like, they now... They have Lourdes Gurriel in left, pretty much figured out. They have Randall Grichuk in right because they paid him $10 million a year. So are you, are you saying that one of them is going to slot in center and Derek Fisher is going to be the answer to this rotating cast that the Blue Jays have been using? Because, you know, as as much as you said, the Blue Jays are, are do have guys who have been hitting well... Teoscar's not been able to nail that down because he's streaky. Um, Billy McKinney hasn't been able to nail it down because he's 
he's not been able to um, consistently perform. It's it's a matter of finding someone you trust day in, day out. And Derek Fisher is going to get two months to prove that, I guess. But he's not going to have time to figure it out either because he's not going to have the options that will allow him to go back to AAA and have that kind of success he had before. He's not going to have a lot of time to figure it out, but the one thing that he does have on his side that he did in Houston is a real opportunity, right? Because in Houston, when he was playing in AAA and got called up to the major leagues, he was only going to be there for a cup of coffee, even if he did play relatively well, the stint that they had him up there with. So, I mean, but there is a different side that we should look at that is at least encouraging, right? I'm not putting much stock in this, but it might be the reason why the front office thought this guy would be on the upswing over um, the course of this season. And there's a really interesting article by Max Goldstein or Stein or however that's pronounced. I'm sorry if I mispronounced. And he basically went over a bunch of advanced metrics and put Derek Fisher up against other players in this league that are very well known. And it's in a limit of plate appearances this season, which is 60 plate appearances, which is not much at all. It's about, what's that, like 20, 25 games or so? 20 games. Yeah. 20 games or so. And in in that time period, Derek Fisher is in between Nelson Cruz and Giancarlo Stanton in average exit velocity. He is in between Freddie Freeman and Carlos Correa in barrel or batted, batted ball event percentage. He is in between Gerard Dyson and Ozzy Albies for a sprint speed. He's in between Ozzy Albies again and Corey Seager for zone contact percentage. And it an improvement upon his AAA numbers considerably. He's cut down his strikeout he's cut down his strikeout ratio a ton from last season to this season in AAA and in the majors. So, I mean, maybe he is starting to put together the tools that made him that top 10 prospect that top 10 prospect in the Astros system a couple of years ago. Well, I I hope for Blue Jays fans sakes that he can put it together. Um in his in his introduction piece on Sportsnet, um, he did talk about how again not constantly shuttling back and forth and not knowing whether or not he was going to play every day had an effect on his ability to perform. Um, he went out there overreaching, and Randall Gritchuk in the same article spoke to the same thing because he had the same problem in St. Louis. So. If they're going to give Derek Fisher like legitimate run out in right field and he does reasonably well. I'm not I'm not saying he has to be the second coming of Joe Carter, but if he can be reasonably well, I think that will take some of the sting out of losing Sanchez, especially given just how poorly Sanchez has pitched over the past couple years. And I mean Alanis knows how many times I ranted on Aaron Sanchez this year. So 
just taken that arrow out of my quiver is a little annoying from a they've taken, standpoint. They've, they've taken that one out and they've put another one in. <laughs> true, true. I can I can use Derek Fisher every day if I want. It'll be that same angry vein swelling in your forehead, but it'll be about something different. Steven, you know me. I don't have an angry vein in my body. Totally <laughs> not. Um, we're we're getting close to time, so I did I did want to ask. Um, with the with the twenty pitching options to start for the Blue Jays in the system, there there's a good chance they'll be able to find at least some semblance of a rotation in there. But if they can't. And free agents look at what they've done the past couple seasons. Um, are they going to be able to attract the necessary starters to come in and solidify this team? Like Garrett Cole, if he hits free agency. Or or even um, like a Walker Bueller when the time comes. Like, are they going to be able to do that? Well, I mean, it definitely won't be... If they were to do so because they didn't have the money. I mean, baseball reference projects them to be spending about $80 million next year when you consider buyouts, arbitration uh, cases, um, options, and commitment. Um, I mean, this season already they have them committed at around $100 million. The season before that, $150 million. In 2017, it was $175 million. And it was $150 52 million in 2016. So, I mean, unless disappeared and it's gone in the wind, you know, or it's gone with the the ghosts that are in Buffalo or (coughs) however you said it, um, they should have money to go out this off season and even more money next off season to go out and get at least one or two guys, if not of that caliber, you know, maybe a little bit less, but they should be able to go out and get quality arms. Hmm. Quality arm will stay healthy. That's the key thing. They did get a quality arm in the off season, but Matt Shoemaker sadly is not with us this season. And I mean, hey, doesn't he have another year of control? He is eligible for arbitration next year. So mm-hmm. theoretically the Blue Jays can keep him probably on a similar salary to what they paid him this season. Right. And I mean, I would definitely bring him back at that cost. I mean, the guy showed in April that he could flat out pitch. There definitely is a talent there. And he really just seems really genuine just about the way that he carries himself and whatnot. He's almost like Devin Travis in the sense that you really, really feel for the guy, and you just really, really want to see him do well. Hmm. And I think that would actually help the Blue Jays a lot to have a veteran presence who's been around the team um, be able to help coach some of the younger guys through it. I mean, ironically, what Marcus Stroman said before he headed out the door will probably come to fruition here and hopefully help the Blue Jays to bigger and better things. And I know you will be watching alongside me, Stephen, and and hopefully seeing that kind of growth. So if people want to get in on you and your thoughts on everything, where can they do that? They can do that at jaysfromthecouch.com. I oh. try to 
uh, post uh, post weekly there. They can also find me on YouTube if you're interested in that sort of video thing, Downtown Sports. I don't normally talk about baseball on there too much, but that's definitely something that I am considering doing as I just went on there and yelled about Marcus Stroman for about five <laughs> minutes last week. And it did and it did reasonably well. So <laughs> pretty fun. Um, so yeah, um, check Steven out on there. He's got great thoughts. He's got great content, can be a little smug sometimes, but that's why we like him around here. So hopefully you will hear him on the podcast more in the future. Um, just a reminder, if you're not following me on Twitter, I don't know why, cause you're missing out on freaking gems like that Derek Fisher tweet, but you can do so by following at a underscore j underscore andrews because twitter is stupid and doesn't allow periods um you can subscribe to the podcast on stitcher spotify himalaya podcast apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts you can find locked on blue jays also check out jason couch radio i was on there for the post deadline special um steve Ferrace. Uh, he's a expert. He was on to discuss the Mets Stroman trade. And then me and Sean and Ryan were on there just, you know, being our usual peppy selves when it comes to talking to the Blue Jays. So check that out. Um, follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Locked on Jays. And yeah, Stephen, thank you for taking the time to join me today. Oh, for sure. Thank you for having me. All right. So for Stephen Brown, for the entire Jason Run Catch family for everyone at the Lockdowns Network. I made sure Andrews, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care. <laughs>